Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Welcome, welcome in. We'll get to Daniel Jeremiah in a second. Let me set up the hour for you. Uh, What do you think, what do you hear what Adam Silver said, as well as the mayor of New York said, and why there may be a pathway to Kyrie Irving playing every game without being vaccinated? Plus, we got more sound from the Rams uh, parade debauchery. All of that to come. And we get the press. Dan Byer will give us all the stuff you need to know that's going on in the world of sports. Let's uh, welcome in Daniel Jeremiah. He co-hosts Moves, Move the Sticks as a podcast. Okay, he's an analyst for the NFL Network. And, of course, he calls Charger games. And, and here we are. Is it, is it Wednesday? Yeah, the first couple days after the Super Bowl. Like, you know, the first day after the Super Bowl, you're still kind of buzzing and reacting to the game. And the second day, you're like, all right, well, there's a whole other world of sports now we're like catching our breath and getting set, getting set and ready for a big off season, but you can't get set for an off season until you kind of learn some of the lessons we learned this year, right? So, like, I I would agree that the Rams going for it technically worked, okay? But there's there's a lot more to it. Like, we're we're acting like they went and loaded up their whole team with stars. Like, they went and got Odell Beckham Jr. because. Here's a guy who's a former star who was cut unceremoniously on the free agent market. And they needed him because Robert Woods got hurt. Like, these things happened in succession. The Von Miller deal, they went for it. But the Von Miller thing doesn't work or make any sense unless you have Aaron Donald and the rest of that defensive line. I'm not saying that Von Miller didn't help you, but he also fulfilled a need for you. And they won, but it wasn't like, you know, they dusted everybody off. I think they would have won more handily had Odell Beckham Jr. not gotten hurt. But on the other hand, Cincinnati's faced just as good, if not better, offenses and found ways to shut them down in the second half. Let's welcome in Dan Jeremiah. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's go back to the game first. Overall impressions of the Super Bowl or what? Um, a couple things I would say probably first and foremost, the conversation I've had around the league is I don't think I've ever seen a Super Bowl with two more underwhelming offensive lines. Um, and you know, I think everybody's kind of agreed when I'm talking to my, my friends, which is don't, don't get, uh, don't get misled by thinking that you can do that. Um, and, uh, on a yearly basis and keep your quarterback healthy. I think both those quarterbacks got rolled up in that game, which is pretty scary, um, but that, that was probably one takeaway. And then I thought the other, the other takeaway, Doug, was, man, I'm sure this, this, I would love to get your take on this, what would be the equivalent of basketball. But I, I feel like every team in the NFL during practice has a five-minute period uh, for short yardage. And they do that in training camp, and they do it all the way through the whole year. And it's amazing to me that some teams can be so good at it and some teams can be so lousy at it. That was my, my other big takeaway. Are you talking about the last possession for the Bengals? Yeah, no, I'm talking the last possession for the Bengals, but I would precede that with 
the fourth and one with the Rams, which is goes back to you know a core belief that I have and, and Bucky has that we talk about on the podcast all the time, which is players not plays. Like that ball fourth and one, that ball was going to be in Cooper Cup's hands, one thousand yes. percent. You know, yes. and so they give it to their best player, and they're going to live and die with their best player. And then you get in the situation at the end of the game for the Bengals, it's second one. The two-minute drill, the number one rule of a two-minute drill is first downs, not touchdowns. You're always a yeah, What are they do? Thank, thank you. Thank you. Hold, hold on. Let me, just, let me just explain for people who forget. Okay? The Bengals got to midfield. It was second and one, and yeah. Burrow throws the ball deep. Now, in, in the – and, again, you tell me you actually played quarterback – and you've worked in NFL front offices, and you're an NFL analyst, well, the draft analyst. I'm just a mook who watches and, and listens to everybody. But in the regular context of a game, second and one, okay, now we take a shot. But when you're, at the, when you're just trying to get into at least field goal range to, to, to extend the game, second and one, get a first down. And then you can worry about, do I want to clock it? Do, would I want to, you know, right? Do I want to do that? Of, of all the things discussed very, very little across the landscape of sports, second down and throwing it, taking a shot deep, I, I thought that was an insane either play call or read by Joe Burrow. Yeah, it was. that wasn't the same thing. I'm sitting in the stadium saying the same thing. Just get the first down. Always, I mean, again, I can't tell you how many times I've heard coaches preach that. Two-minute drill, it's first downs, not touchdowns. You're obsessed with the next first down. Then the points will eventually come. You'll get the field position. You'll get a kick or you'll get a shot at the end zone. But second one, it's a run play. It's get the first down. If we need to then burn one of our timeouts, which I believe they had two um, at that time, yeah, you burn the timeout. You've got a fresh set of downs, and you need to cover about 10 more yards, and you're in a very, very makeable kick um, for your kicker. So that's got to be the focus is the first down, not the touchdown. So you, you waste one there. Then you come back, and I, and I know uh, Zach Taylor has kind of like, tried to explain this, that you know they're in their two-minute offense and P. Ryan's are two-minute back, but you've got time. To, if you're going to run the football, get, get Joe Mixon on the field and give him the football. You, you, can't, you can't go down in the Super Bowl um, with, with your last two plays, one of which is, is handing off to P. Ryan. And then the last play, you know, I'm, I'm thinking before the play, like, okay, what are the options here? If, you know, there's, here's the options. You can get under center and sneak it. You can get under center and run it. You can get under center and go play action and try and get a little layup throw off that. Or you can get in the gun and empty and spread everybody out and let Burrow find a lane, as you did earlier in the game, and let him go get the, the yard that you need. But to be in the shotgun with a running back back there, there is nobody on God's green earth that thinks you're going to hand the ball off in the gun on fourth and one for the Super Bowl. Like, nobody's doing that. So, him even being in the backfield is just bringing one more guy in the box unnecessarily. Um, so I just I, I did not like that whole sequence. Uh, and then you couple it with the fact that in the previous possession, Tyler Boyd had his first drop of the year, right on third down. When I don't know if he gets it, but it it's close. Like well, mm-hmm. we, well, you'd have to tackle him and bring him down. That one, there's a bunch of things that went wrong. Um, did you have any issue with what I would say is the changed officiating? Right, they let everything go. And then all of a sudden, they decided to start throwing flags at the end of the game. You know, I'm not as I'm not as bothered by the missed um, false start by the Rams, if not for the fact that they, <laughs> if not for the fact that they, you know, called a, a holding penalty, which guys were grabbing to hold the whole game on the defense. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I mean, I, I 
said it to my son as we were sitting there watching it in the stands of, man, they have just let this go the whole game. And I mean, it's kind of been enjoyable. You look up late in the fourth quarter, I think there'd been like two penalties or something like that. Um, so it made it for an enjoyable watch. And then I, I thought that the, you know, the, the penalty on Logan was a total makeup call um, for having missed the one before, which they show on the screen so everybody in the world can see it, how bad they missed um, the previous hold. So I guess those, you could say those kind of balanced out. Um, but yeah, I, I usually like it. Hey, if you're going to have a, a style of officiating for a game and it's going to be a free for all, and we're going to let them let it go both ways like that, then let's just go ahead and finish the game out that way. They did not choose they did not choose that that style of officiating and and we move on okay let's let's get to the mvp i thought it was cooper cup i didn't think it was close and my argument was the bengal's offensive line stinks aaron donald is awesome we know that but also aaron donald's got I mean, that's a stacked defensive front like part, like part of the beauty to what they've done is it limits how much you can always just put two bodies on him whereas when you got to the second half you didn't have OBJ. You don't have Robert Woods. You don't have Tyler It's a one-man show. It's a one-man show. I don't, I don't understand how people are saying it was Aaron Donald. I'm like, it was, it was Cooper Cup. It wasn't close. You were there, and you do this for a living. What do you think? Well, I, mean, I said Cooper Cup's going to be the MVP because you, you can't win if you don't score. And he got it in the paint twice. And I saw Vaughn Miller was dominant in that football game. Uh, especially in that in that second half, and take nothing away from AD, he's a freak. Um, he he made big time plays too. Um, but to me, that offense, when you're looking out there and you've got Ben Skoranek, and and Matthew Stafford realized after he tipped the ball up in the air for a pick that like okay, that's no longer an option. Um, we have uh, we have very limited uh, places to go with this football, and whether it was running the ball on that fourth down that we mentioned on the you know which was the biggest play of the game at that point in time. And every single football finding him at the end to go win the dang game. I, yeah, I, I just assumed he was going to be the uh, the MVP. I didn't know it would be very controversial. But I mean, look, take nothing away from Aaron Donald. He was fantastic. But I'll take. Uh, I just I'll, thought that offense. That offense was a one man show. He was the only guy they could get the ball to. I, I will tell you. I think I know why. Because because Collinsworth barely mentioned Von Miller, and he constantly mentioned how good Anthony, how, how good uh, Aaron Donald was. That's I, I, honestly. That's what happened. If you're if you're watching, if you go back and watch it, yeah, I didn't see like it on TV. Made, I just was at the game. Yeah. All right, and so so people people watch it on TV. Like, of course, Aaron Donald. And now he pointed out, you know, Cooper Cup. He didn't, and he he did mention that they mentioned that Odell Beckham Jr. being out and that they were going to him. But I don't think they, you know, it's like you're not going to put out there like Rams have no other options to throw the football to. <laughs> and now, how do the Bengals let him get the ball? Yeah, well, they caught him in zone, which I, you know, I think you'd, I'd probably take my chances at that point in time um, and, and try and bracket him or do whatever you need to do. But they moved him around the formation. At the end of the game, I don't fault him for, you know, kind of the, 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 the game winner, the touchdown. You're down there in the tight red zone. They split him out wide. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to get out there and do much more than they did. So, but, but earlier on in that drive, yeah, you're going to play zone against and an elite feel guy, you know, not just a route runner, but elite feel and has the chemistry with his quarterback. You're just inviting what you got. How good was Matt Stafford from your eye? Oh, I mean, I thought he, I thought he missed some throws in the first half um, and had some opportunities where I didn't think he, he necessarily was seeing everything great. And then I give him 100% credit 
uh, when he needed to lock in at the end, he, he completely locked in and, and made a series of, of big time throws, made the correct decisions. And, and I, I love the fact that he just said, look, that's our guy. Um, and if we lose, we lose, but I'm not, I'm going down with my guy. And, uh, he found ways to get Cooper Cup to football. And, you know, we talk about what the Bengals didn't do. Some of those were some pretty tight windows too. He made some ridiculous throws. So Stafford's always been good, uh, late in games throughout his whole career. Those numbers are out there. So that was, uh, that was pretty impressive what he did at the end. Is he a hall of fame, uh, worthy quarterback? I would say not by the accolades at this point in time. Um, you know, I guess and I think some of this stuff's kind of silly because he's just got he's got more to do. I, I think if the season, if his career ended right now, I don't know necessarily that I would say that he is, but I, I think he's got a chance to get there over the next couple of years. Is it as easy as the Bengals need to fix their offensive line, or is there more to it than that? Well, I mean that's the that's a huge chunk of it. I wouldn't mind adding a corner or two too, but. Uh, no, that, it's got to start with the offensive line. He's not going to be able to physically hold up if he keeps getting beat up like this. So um, if they did nothing else other than address the offensive line, it would be a successful offseason. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you think happens with Deshaun Watson? Well, I'm, at, I, I'm curious to see when all this stuff's going to um, get resolved, Doug. I just don't know how you trade – for him right now with all this stuff still out there. I guess he's got a hearing in, uh, uh, what, late February, I want to say. So maybe at that point in time we'll start to look at some uh, uh, some conclusion to this whole process. But if you're looking at teams, I saw that article that came out that mentioned the Vikings and, and the Bucks uh, of those. I would say the, the Tampa option would make a lot more sense to me. I think that Kevin O'Connell is, a, uh, is, is part of that Shanahan family in that Shanahan tree and they all love Kirk Cousins so um, I, I don't really buy that one with Minnesota yeah I, I feel like it's it's a little bit like LeBron when he didn't have a ton of options the third time around in free agency and you just start like you had people throwing up the Spurs like he ain't playing for the Spurs like that's not happening <laughs> I, 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 I when they said Minnesota like that's not happening no chance first they owe Kirk Cousins a ton that. of money and you got to go a bunch of draft picks. They're not doing that. The new GM. Um, okay, w- what what hire do you think has the best chance for success? Whew, that's a good one. Um, you know, I I would say I'm pretty intrigued by the Giants with Dayball coming in there, just because you know what he did with Josh Allen. I do give him a lot of credit for that in terms of how he you know helped him you know physically develop it as a you know with his with his skill set but also putting a scheme around him and players around him to really let him explode uh, and i'm not saying daniel jones is josh allen but i am saying he's big he's got a good arm he's a really good athlete um and i think that he's going to give them a chance to get a fair evaluation on him that's going to be the next step for this organization is to find out whether or not he can play and that's I think some people, oh, you got to move on from him. No, they're they're going to see if this can work here. That's that's the big reason I think why Dayball got that job. That that which which is interesting because that's part of the Flores suit, and I'm like, uh, they they hired the GM from Buffalo. It was obvious that the owner was into Flores. The owner's a Boston College alum. Flores, a Boston College alum. Plus, the owner loves Bill Belichick, and he was intrigued by it. Like I I don't. I don't understand the legitimacy of this. I think the biggest 
thing in the suit is Stephen Ross and whether or not he there's proof that he offered him a hundred grand a loss. That was the the eye catcher to me with that uh, with that whole thing from everything that I've seen. I haven't read the entire lawsuit, but that would be kind of the smoking gun and the biggest story to come out of that would be if that were to be proved fact. Um, but him not getting the Giants job, I think most everybody in the league thought that was going to be uh, you know Brian Dayball for the reasons I mentioned. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. You used to work for the Ravens. They've always had very talented defensive coordinators. Most of them have gone on to head coaching jobs. Not discussed, Wink Martindale walks away. Did you know that there was some dysfunction in, in that group? No, um, but again, I think Wink went to the Giants, right? So that'll be a, you know, that's another good pickup for them. But, you know, Wink is, I, I met Wink at the Combine many, many years, probably almost 20 years ago. Um, and he came into our, our room with the Ravens. And uh, he was coaching in college, I believe, at the time. And I just remember, I remember asking him, I'm like, who, who is this guy? What the heck is he doing in here? And they're like, oh, it's, that's Wink. And I'm all, really, that's his name, Wink? And they go, yeah, it's Wink. He's like the third Ryan brother. Uh, he was so tight with Rex and Rob. So he kind of hung around with those guys. And if you've spent any time around Rex or Rob, they're very uh, bombastic personalities, big personalities. Um, and maybe that just got to the point where with, with him and Harbaugh, that wasn't, uh, you know, that kind of expired. Yeah, no, that's a that that's a that's a very fair point. Um, Aaron Rodgers had kind of a weird speech at the NFL Awards where he said some amazing things about his head coach. He mentioned the front office by name. Uh, on the other hand, he was talking in past tense about these seventeen years of memories. What do you make of where Aaron? I know it's impossible for anybody to read Aaron Rodgers' mind, but what do you think as of today? Well, first of all, I got to read you the text I got from my buddy in the league uh, during during that speech. He's got a text that said, "Were you like me, thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to break out a Creed song while accepting his award this week?" Which <laughs> um, <laughs> is a great take. But um, no, everything that at the Super Bowl you see a lot of people around the league, and the expectation from everyone I talk to is that Aaron Rodgers is going to get a new contract in Green Bay, and he's not going anywhere. That if there's a quarterback leaving Green Bay, it was more likely to be Jordan Love than Aaron Rodgers. So. That's kind of the expectation from the, from the guys that I talked to. Mm, mm. Uh, will Lamar Jackson get a new contract? That's an interesting one. Um, you know, working as his own agent, that's always tricky. So um, I'll be fascinated to see how that how that plays out. I'm, um, I, I honestly, Doug, I, I couldn't even tell you. It's just that it's uncharted waters for me on that one. It's a really weird one. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Is he a Brown to start next year? I think so. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of chatter about, you know, guys they could try and bring in. I think they're going to give him an opportunity to get healthy and see, you know, if, uh, if it gets better. Uh, I don't think he's getting a new contract. I think that's going to be kicked down the road, but I, I do think he's going to get one more year. All right. DJ, I can't wait for the upcoming NFL draft to hear all of your knowledge. In the meantime, what an awesome year you've had covering this thing with us. Download Move the Sticks. It's a tremendous podcast. He and Bucky Brooks both join us. DJ, thanks for joining us, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right, Daniel Jeremiah joining us. Uh, we'll get to how soon Kyrie Irving may be able to play in the Nets' home arena. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, it appears that Kyrie Irving is going to ultimately hold out and win on this not-vaccinated 
getting past the mandate thing, the uh, mayor of New York basically said as much about, you know, lessening the restrictions. And then Adam Silver said this on ESPN yesterday. The, the oddity of it to me is that it only applies to home players. If ultimately that rule is about protecting people who are in the arena, it just doesn't quite make sense to me that an away player who's unvaccinated can play in Barclays, but the home player can't. So to me, that's a reason they should take a look at that ordinance. And so while, you know, again, my personal view is people should get vaccinated and boosted, I can imagine a scenario where Brooklyn, as, as part of New York City, um, with a new mayor now who wasn't in place, Eric Adams, when that original ordinance was put in place, I could see him deciding to change along the way and say it's no longer necessary to have a mandatory vaccination requirement. As I said, particularly one that only affects home players. So you guys know what's happening, right? This this is like when you when you're getting ready to make a pick on a game and you as a broadcaster know what's going to happen in the game or somebody's not going to play in the game, but you're not allowed to say it. That's what this, that's what it feels like. You know, we all know this vaccine mandates going away because it didn't really make sense. Anyway, it's only for home players. Like that doesn't make any sense. I get that's what they felt like they could control, but it, yeah, he's going to play. The timing's going to line up. He's going to play. KD's going to be back. They'll add Ben Simmons the Nets will be a problem. That's uh, that, that's that's the basics of it. Let's get you to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on. DB, what do you got? Yeah, just a quick uh, quick uh, addition to that. I do find it interesting with KD's injury and the Nets, obviously, on the slide that they were at. Like, there is, there is some jockeying for position that I think that you want to be, you know, cognizant of in the East. Now that you've got Philly and, and in their spot and Brooklyn would be in the play-in tournament, if it started today, but you've got Milwaukee sitting there, uh, you know, they're around the three, four, five spot. It will be interesting because you could have matchups, Doug, that have like the Heat and Nets hypothetically in, you know, in an opening round series in the Bucks and Sixers. And then you would have these completely new series, you know, of, uh, you know, the, the Bulls and, you know, Hornets or something. It just, it could be, could be interesting to see how things play out in the East since it's been such a topsy turvy year. No question. Yeah. Um, what is your guys' opinion on this one? This is Mike McDaniel. He's the new head coach of the Dolphins, talking about Tua Tagovailoa. What I've seen is uh, there's a skill set that I'm very familiar with that's very successful in this offense. You're seeing a very accurate passer that receivers would love to catch footballs from. Tight spirals and accurate throws, which are huge for run off the catch and yak yardage. What that means for an offense, if you have people that can run after the catch, that's outstanding skill set for him. I also see some great athleticism, some natural pocket movement, and, and really a tough competitor that is willing to stand in there when necessary. Bayer, do you buy him? Do you buy that's what he actually believes? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? See what you can make, you know, you know, see what you can put together. Yeah, I'll take him for his word. Take him at his word. Jay Stu? I think it sounds really good at this point. And then he has, what, the next uh, seven months to uh, to find out otherwise, and no one's going to blame him for the comments he made today, right? No. No, no one's going to blame him at all for that. Um, okay, so here would be my... Here would be my, my pushback. One, what is he supposed to say, right? Two, 
it's pretty obvious that the owner and the GM and the GM who hired him, they believe in Tua. You know, so you kind of got to get on board. Right? Like, look, this happens at everybody's work. You know, it happens at everybody's work. Pick a network. Pick a network. Like, do you do you really think that everybody at NBC wants to promote the every Olympic, like the Olympics? I, I tried to watch the luge last night. Here's what I think about the bobsled. They had a two-band bobsled last night. I was watching late. I think they need a GoPro cam. They need a camera inside those things because it doesn't give a clear depiction of how fast they're going. They had the miles per hour, and that's good, but it still doesn't look like it's really humming. 75 miles an hour, I think people would understand just how crazy dangerous that thing is. Anyway, point is that we're all you're all going to have to swallow your pride. And there's going to be somebody who's under a big contract, and when you get the job as the boss, they're going to say, like, what do you think of that guy? I don't know. Make it work. I, I, there wasn't an NFL guy I talked to last week that thought Tua Tagovailoa was a big-time quarterback. None of them. But you know what? The owner's own. The owner likes him. The general manager likes him. He's been a starter for a year and a half, two years. He's going to get first opportunity to fail. And I think Mike I, I do think there's some, accurate, uh, some, some things that he's right about, right? He is, he is seen as a pretty good leader. He, does, he is accurate. The problem is he just does not does not have wow plays. I don't think he's a great athlete. I don't think so at all. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Um, all right, we got a lot to get to. Did you guys see the Matt Harvey thing? Like, Matt Harvey admitting to being a cokehead back when he was. A great starting pitcher. That's like the least surprising news ever. That was the guy who, he showed up late for a playoff practice. I've never heard of that in any sport. Showed up late for a playoff practice. That's some baseball news for you. Coming up next, we'll get to the NFL. Did the Cowboys try and cover up a scandal? We'll discuss next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports. Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Let's get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero turn lawn mowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes. Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Dan Byer, what do you got? Buy Doug, I, I, just, I want to say something on behalf of what I'm seeing somewhat on social media. And it is the, the, the Rams should have stayed in St. Louis conversation. Or they would have had fans in St. Louis. And I find it, I just, I, it, it annoys me, Doug. And I'm not a Rams fan. I'm not from L.A., but it was okay for the Rams to leave the city after almost 50 years in LA. But for some reason, it's 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 a it's a bad situation for them to come Thank back. You. Thank you. Like. Thank you. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, dear St. Louis. Okay, St. Louis. You stole two teams. You got the St. Louis Cardinals, right? I believe they originally didn't they come come from Chicago. 
Yeah. That St. Louis football team originally come from Chicago, yeah. I believe. And and you stole the Rams from L.A. when the Cardinals left for Arizona. Listen, L.A. is a more fertile ground. Your owner, by the way, is from Missouri. Hey, So this wasn't even a group of people stealing him. They were going to build him a stadium, but look, if you want to lock in, you build a stadium early. You get it done early. But like, this is the, this is the, the wife who's who, the husband cheated on his ex to be with you. Yeah. Now he's cheating again, and you're surprised. Like he, and, and listen, it's not like the Rams went to London. You know, like they came back to the place where they were for again almost fifty years. Like, I, I just, oh man, I just. It just annoys me. And maybe it's because their baseball fans are so annoying. Oh, Cardinals fans. You know, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. No, you oh. forget. They play the right way. Yes, they play the right way. They play the right oh. way. I do love that in baseball, though. It is a unifying group. Of There's the Cardinals fans and then everybody else. Like, I love the Cardinals STL in their hat. It's really cool. And the logo across the chest, but the 29 other teams can all get together and say how they can't stand how the Cardinals baseball fans just feel they're smarter than everyone. Can't stand you. Can, can I get an amen from the Angels and Dodgers fans and uh, from this Brewers fan? Amen. Yes. All right. Moving on. Aaron Rodgers has a decision to make Doug in his uh, offseason or in this offseason. Fox bet coming up with some odds. Excuse me. No, this is bet online saying that if Aaron Rodgers is not a member of the Packers in 2022, uh, the 49ers would be the odds on favorite at three to one to be the team he would play for Broncos. Then at seven to two, followed by the Buccaneers and Steelers. Wait, so who's the favorite 49ers? If he's not on the Packers. Oh, if he's not on the Packers. Yeah. If Russell Wilson is not on the Seahawks, the Buccaneers right now would be the seven to two have the best odds at seven to two, followed by the Saints and Steelers. Yeah, just right. some numbers to uh to look into. Did you hear about the story coming out of Dallas involving uh the former PR head Rich Dalrymple? No, well, the no. ESPN reports the Cowboys paid two point four million dollars in settlements to former cheerleaders after they accused the former PR head of secretly recording them while they changed in a locker room during an event at AT and T Stadium in 2015. Now, Dalrymple recently retired from his position after 32 years. Was very close to Jerry Jones. There was another allegation that Dalrymple actually tried to secretly record Jerry Jones's daughter in a draft room and someone who was watching the draft room online noticed that Dalrymple was trying to take an inappropriate picture of Jerry Jones's daughter at the time with his cell phone. The uh, Dalrymple is not admitted to any wrongdoing, but a settle- settlement was reached from these incidents dating back to 2015. Gross. I think we can all, I can speak for everybody say that dude's gross. Gross. Yeah. Uh, who has J- Jason? Go ahead. Uh, Rich Dalrymple, by the way, um, one of the worst people to deal with in the NFL. Um, good riddance, and I hope that this is a stain on because his time there—that was his deal. He would not let anyone close to Jerry Jones. He wouldn't let anyone close to the head coaches. He would be like one of those guys where you would send the email to, the follow-up, the phone call, just ghost you the entire time. And then you'd see him in a Super Bowl and he'd treat you like you were a pal. You know, he's one of those guys. So uh, my, my personal story is uh, good riddance to that guy, and I hope this story that Dan's telling will become more of his career story. Thank you. 
<laughs> it's over, Johnny. Oh, man. It's over. Uh, it just, yeah, it listen, was. Listen, this goes for all PR directors, even the ones that aren't perverts and creeps like this guy. Um, you should return J- Jason Stewart's call. You should return Jason Stewart's call. <laughs> just be professional. Hasta la vista. Honestly, I, we'll talk off air. I completely, I, I, they were good to us after he was gone. Every the Cowboys been good to us when we go up to Oxnard, right? That was mm. after he, Rich was gone. Um, but I know a PR director for a network, for network sports, who is the, the same, not the same in terms of the extracurricular awful stuff, but just your job as PR is to help us promote your product. Exactly. That's your that's your job. Yeah. You don't have to be the gatekeeper. Like you're something more. They all try and be more. Not they all. Many of them try and be more important than they are, right? And I understand sometimes the coach or the player makes lets you be the bad guy, so they don't have to say no. I get it. But there's a trend with some of these people where, and this is what you're pointing at, Jason, where they think they're super important and they're the gatekeeper, and you got to kiss their ass in order to get them on air. And like, it's not even about you. It's about the person we want to have on. We want to tell their story. Right. It's a derivative of their job description, whether you're communications director or media relations director. Each of those titles implies that you're communicating with members of the media. Ghosting, you know, the new no is not get back to you. I kind of get that. That's a generational thing. I don't do that. But it's a professionalism or not professionalism to me. The other part of this that, that should be noted, Dalrymple recently retired, and the story noted that he moved on from his position as ESPN was investigating this story. These allegations and this, these scenarios all happened in 2015, and there's reports that there was some uh, – the settlement was reached. There was non-disclosure agreements as part of this. Uh, Dalrymple, again, not admitting to any wrongdoing, but this is stuff that uh, happened years ago, and Dalrymple stayed within the Cowboys organization. Zach Taylor staying with the Cincinnati Bengals, the head coach getting a contract extension through the 2026 season. Well, I mean, he go to just go to a Super Bowl, although some of that play calling at the end of the game was a yikes. But, I mean, Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Of course he was going to get paid. Jim Harbaugh gets a contract extension. In fact, it's a new five-year deal for the Michigan man to stay at Michigan, as the school announced this afternoon. Five. I I don't think, I could be wrong, I don't think he did the the Vikings interview for leverage. And I and I don't think this is done – I don't think he leveraged him. I I really think that he he wanted to come back in a limited instance, and that job didn't happen for him. And this is a way of showing everybody that he's all in on staying at Michigan. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith spoke with reporters today and talked about a topic that was brought up a few months ago when the conversation of college football playoffs were expanding. Smith reiterated today that if Ohio State were, if the playoffs were to expand and Ohio State were to host a first-round game, they would likely look at an avenue where they would play indoors, maybe play that game in Indianapolis, because he says with winter weather, they don't want that to be. Uh, they don't want adverse winter conditions to play a factor in what could be a playoff game. So, yeah, huh? yeah, that's it's it, interesting that the one thing that we've always said was, hey, take those teams to the SEC and uh, have them play up north. Well, Gene Smith saying we don't want C.J. Stroud. He wouldn't be there, but his example was we don't want him playing in tough winter conditions. 
where it may not be advantageous for Ohio State to have a slow track, that they uh, they would want uh, maybe an indoor facility like Indianapolis. You mentioned Ford Field in Michigan yeah. if, as well, and, and the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis huh. as possibilities. Huh. That is weird. Yeah, yeah, I thought That's so as well. That is weird. Huh. We can't play football outside when the weather's bad? Well, we saw what huh. happened when it snowed in Ann Arbor this year with the uh, Ohio State offense against Michigan. Maybe that was more of what Michigan was and what Ohio State wasn't, but uh, Buckeyes yeah. did have a little trouble with that. I meant to get to this yesterday, but in the new book by Ian O'Connor about Coach Mike Krzyzewski, uh Coach K uh, reportedly chose John Shire over Tommy Amaker as his successor, according to this book, because Coach K felt he'd have more control over the program with Shire in charge. Wow. I mean, look, Shire from Chicago was his point guard, won a national championship. Amaker, very much his own man. Uh, I have a great Tommy Amaker story. I'll probably tell it on the pod. There's not time to tell it. But he's he's done a tremendous job at Harvard. Um. That's interesting, though. That That's one of those, boy, I don't know if you want that story to get out. <laughs> and that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Do you see Coach K last night? He couldn't make, he wasn't feeling well. So John w- Shire coached the second half. They they won on a, on a tip dunk. I wondered if that had, this book note was part of it. Guess he doesn't have to meet the media afterwards. You know, you left at halftime. Just speculation. You you think that's why he wasn't feeling well, like because of the book coming out? No, I think that I think he probably didn't want to answer questions about it. I don't know. Maybe that's the cynic in hmm. me. You are very cynical. Really, it's and, not like those allegations haven't been th- human being. They haven't been thrown against Coach K before. You know, of, no of avoiding it's things. It's just like last sure. night. It's just just last like just like last night. Had they lost, would have gone on John Shire's record. Sure. If they won, he gets the credit, right? Like I've seen those things. Yeah. But I mean, look, we all have. when you coach as long and as well as he has, you do get to pick your successor. And you and if that's some logic behind it, I do understand it. I just don't think you wanted it out there. This is the Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. 